Imagine changing your career from one spectrum to the completely other side of the spectrum. Well, that is what Jocelyn did, and you're going to hear the whole story coming right up. Need a judgment-free zone when it comes to your financial life? Bienvenida to the Her Dinero Matters podcast, a bilingual podcast for today's Latina who typically thinks English but feels her Latina culture through and through. I am your host, Jen Hempel, and each week we have down-to-earth money conversations from people in La Comunidad Latina that will leave you with more confidence and inspiration to help you take control of your money. Lista? Let's do it. Hola, Reina. Hi, Queen. How is it going? This is Jen Hempel, your host. I'm thrilled that you are here with me today. I've got a fantastic guest for you today. And remember, this month is all about Hispanic Heritage Month. We're celebrating it all throughout the month of September, even though technically we're celebrating it all throughout the year. Let me share with you a little bit about Jocelyn Martinez. She is a New York-based lifestyle designer. She consults with busy women who feel like there is never enough time to get it all done and are ready for an action plan around their life goals. Through her lifestyle brand, Jocelyn is committed to exposing the erroneous idea that women have to choose between society's demands and their own personal happiness. In this episode, you're going to learn why she changed her career from being a pre-law student to being an actress. She's also going to share her best tips as to what has helped her to make it as an actress and the biggest money lesson that she has learned that isn't what you expect. Lista? You ready? Vamos a conocer this reina of her money. Let's go meet this queen of her money. Bienvenida, Jocelyn. I am so thrilled to have you. We've uh, gotten to know each other for the past maybe six to 10 months. I love everything that you're about. I love your personality, how animada you are. So I can't wait to dig into today's interview. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So let's start off with what we normally start off with. So your money story. So tell us, Jocelyn, what did you see? What did you hear? What did you experience when uh, it comes to money growing up? Ooh, money stories. So interesting, aren't they? I grew up in a household that we didn't necessarily talk about money, but there was money around uh, my parents were business owners, so cash flow uh, was a thing. And I experienced my family being business owners as women, and that to me was super cool. And so I wasn't necessarily taught to be a businesswoman, though. I was taught to go to school and study and not really focus on, on becoming a business owner. I remember Halloween when kids were getting uh, candy. And then I decided that I wanted to get money instead because they were saying that it was dangerous and there was like maybe some bad things happening with the candy. So I started getting money and I said, well, I prefer this way better. I like this. And my mom used to always encourage that. So I think that 
I I have many different money stories. I don't know if that's uh, the case with some people where... Oh, absolutely. Okay. Like just in, in different stages of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I don't know how, how much of a story I have with it. I mean, through the years, it changed. So I don't know. I can say that I didn't focus on money specifically. Maybe wished I had or had some specific learning about money. And I think that when some parents are business owners and because they were immigrants, I think they might want the child to just go to school, do something else and not focus on money. And I don't think they knew they had so many skills that they could have shared with us when it came to money, because having created a business here, coming from another country with all the things that people encounter when they come here is quite a thing. So they had plenty of skills to share with us. And so you, so they didn't really talk about money, but you were observant in terms of them, your parents being business owners. And so you saw, they didn't necessarily have conversations about cash flow, but you observed, you, you mentioned cash flow. So you, what did you observe some things or maybe hear some conversations or what yeah, did you? That's interesting. Cause now that you're talking about it or that I'm talking about it, I didn't know how to explain it. It's like, we didn't talk about money, but money was there. Uh, yeah. So it was conversations. It was watching my mother in the business, her opening up the cash register when I begged for money to go to the toy store next door. And yeah, her giving me that. I didn't have an allowance. I just basically, at that point, I didn't. I had a kind of, you know, pay as you go kind of (laughs) allowance with me. So if I had good grades, I was given toys, um, but I wasn't necessarily given mm, money. And even when I had like birthday parties as a kid and I would see that I had a lot of envelopes. I don't know if you experienced that. I'm like, oh, all these envelopes. I'm going to get a lot of toys with this. I didn't see the money. (laughs) And so I had that conversation with my mom one time and she got upset. She's like, who do you think buys everything? It takes care of everything. And I'm like, and I thought, but yeah, but but that was mine. And I remember feeling like maybe I should have had a say in that. And right now, wow, that's very telling. So basically her mindset was, we, we raise you, we're entitled to this money, do you think? Or do you think? Uh, yeah, or, okay. we're entitled to manage it for you. because To manage it. What are you going to do with it? So, but I wanted to know how this management was going down. <laughs> right, 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 right. So you never, you never, asked, or you did ask the question. I did. I did ask where, oh, where's, where's this money going? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. And so the other thing that I've noticed about you, so thanks for sharing that, is that, and I want to dig into this, is that you were a pre-law student at one point, but now you are an actress. And why the change? Because that's a drastic change in a career. And a lot of people would, I know if I were to tell my parents and still to this day with their mindset, if I were to tell my parents as an adult, hi, I'm going to change. I'm going to go be an actress. Their response would be something like, that is a really tough career. Uh, Not many people make it. You're not going to make a lot of money. All these things, the impressions that we have, like very few, quote unquote, make it. But you're doing it. You're out there doing your thing. You're successful. You're so tell us why the change, how that came about, because I think something of how your parents raised you contributed, because obviously you have an abundant mindset that is very evident. So tell us. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So 
A couple things happened that were the determining factors. Of course, I knew I wanted to go to college. I was always a little nerd. And I was fixated on being a veterinarian because I was going to help every single animal in the world. (laughs) Till I realized the reality of opening up an animal. And then I said, okay, I'm good. So the next thing that I really became passionate about was being a lawyer. I wanted to be a prosecutor. I love the law. I love books. And I loved seeing how something turns out. Like, we don't know. It could be a case. You know, who's going to, well, we call it winning, but what really is winning. And what happened is that when I was nine years old, my dad was murdered in his business. And it was no fault of his own. He was literally minding his own business. And we were in a neighborhood that was pretty bad. In fact, they already had plans to move back to the Dominican Republic and get us out of here so that they can come and go, but they didn't want to raise me here. So this happens. My dad is not here from one day to the next. He's gone. And I figured I have to do something about this. So I think I didn't know at the time that that's why I wanted to be a lawyer, but I wanted to be a prosecutor. Uh, When I was in college, I, I took some courses and everything. There was one course I remember that changed my mind. I said, oh, no way. Uh, The course was about how many end up in plea bargains when it's a criminal case. It's the majority. So I thought I was going to create like justice and be part of justice. It wasn't necessarily justice. It's not like, oh, I found the guilty person. He goes to jail. That's how it works. It's a kind of like an innocent view of it. So I decided that I wasn't going to do that. And then I realized that I was doing it because of my personal experience. So after I was walking up the hill, going to class one day, and I took an acting course. I took an acting course because the last year in NYU, I just had some courses available and I took that. And I I remember that that's really what I wanted to do. In fact, before my father died, we had gone to a casting. And in that casting, I was accepted as part of the kids, the talents that were going to be represented. So it brought me back to what I really wanted to do. But I didn't give myself a chance to because it's like, why would you be an actor? You're not going to make money after all this paying for college. Is this what you're going to do? And it's not realistic. But also the fact that my father passed away made me question, what is realistic? What do I have for sure? I don't know. So I'm just going to take my chances because I have to. And I'm not scared. I mean, let me rephrase that. I do have fear. Fear is probably never going to go away. But I know I can handle it. The fear is not so much that I worry about what people think. Why would I worry about what people think when my father is not here? It might be hard to understand, but it's like experiencing something so difficult makes me stronger than what people think about me. So I took a year off from college when somebody stopped me in the street and said, I want you to do uh, you know, promotions. And, and I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll try it. It's kind of fun. And it was really exciting times for me. And one thing led to another. There's people in the entertainment business. Someone saw that I recorded something because I ended up in a music group. And you know, it was basically through meeting people telling me you should try this and that. And then I got into a, a talent agency. And then I said, my last year in college, you know, I'm actually going to give this a try. I am not going to apply to law school. I don't want to see another book this big in my life again. <laughs> that I really admire lawyers. Thank you. And that was the process. As for my mom, she was very supportive. Oh, please. My mother is the most supportive person and she likes the entertainment world. So I was already doing things. I was already traveling and she loves it. So <laughs> she said, you, you better give something a chance if, if it's what you want to do. 
I love it because you've been able to create a lifestyle that you love. You've made some realizations of like why you wanted to stu- study pre- you know, law, and then you went after what you really wanted. And I, sometimes I question because I know I had that personal experience of because I grew up in a household that we I was also told you need to go to college, you need to get an education, so you can get a good job, so you can make good money, right? But because I, and then. On top of that, it was very focused on specific careers of what is good, right? So it was the doctors, it was the engineers, it was professors. I mean, it was things of that sort that were quote unquote already approved and not that other careers were looked down upon, but it made it harder. So what I've noticed is that because it was grilled in, in and out, you need to go to college and and study something that will give you money and all that. I didn't really listen to what I wanted to do. I just went through what they wanted to do, if you will, mm-hmm. to an extent, because I'm I was always that type. I listened and I took the guidance, but sometimes it was like I need to listen to me too. So I love how supportive your mom is because it, it takes that. You have to be strong within yourself like you are, but then that support system around you definitely helps. And I have a little bit of an attitude too. So (laughs) it's like, uh, if they, remember I was going to be a lawyer. So if they asked me, why would you do that? I'm like, I'll start questioning their life choices. I'm like, let's go down to it. Let's, you know, I feel like I'm fighting for my life when I have to do, you know, when I want to do what I think one of the saddest things in the world is not doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, I, I couldn't live like that. Like I, I just couldn't. And about the pre-law thing also, I forgot to mention, I wanted to be the prosecutor so I can prosecute people that were, you know, murderers, like my, like what happened to my dad. And I did not have to do that. I was going to change my whole life because of something that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, it was going to change my essence. I had to place myself in, had this not happened, what would I have done in my life? What would have been the path I wanted? So that's the one I chose. And I still did what I wanted to do regarding my father's case because by myself, I found the murderer by searching online. And then that went all over the world and it became news for people and inspired other people. I was probably not going to do that. I mean, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe had I been a lawyer, I would have done it as well. But I didn't have to change my whole life just to get that thing done. Yeah. Right. It makes sense. So what do you think has helped you? You mentioned attitude a little bit, but what do you think, and it sounds attitude, I think is also part of the confidence that you have. What do you think has allowed you to have the success that you have wanted with in the acting field and the performing arts field? What is that one trait uh, that you feel? I just do not give up. I do not, like I'll take a break and I always say, then in anything you do, if it's important to you, you have to decide before you start that you're not going to give up. You have to decide that before it, though, before it, so that every time you question it, you're like, remember, you're not going to give up. You're going to take a break, but you're not going to give up. You also have to adjust and trust your instincts and, and also do listen to the people that have done it before you. But there is no clear path for this and not to be so hard on ourselves and to live our life. Because a lot of times, and I was probably like this, I just focused on the prize, like getting there 
getting what I want. And you're missing out on all these other things as life is happening, things that can make it easier and better to enjoy the ride. So not to be so hard on myself. And, and if I wanted to make acting work, also create a business, which is something that actors are not taught to do. Now, actors are so skilled. I mean, we basically show up on a set and we got to make something happen. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen under different conditions, under directions from a lot of people, not just a director, but all the different factors that come into play. And you have different people working every day. That's a lot. And not too much credit might be given to that. And actors sometimes have felt that all they have to do is just learn these lines, follow the direction. Of course, study the craft because that as well is enough work to do. But I decided to open up a business so that I don't have to wait around until someday so that I can inspire other people to do what they want to do and so that I can use also my other skills as well. And that is more fulfilling. And then that helps me be happier to continue doing the, the entertainment. Right. So basically what you're saying is that to not solely rely, like if you're gung-ho about around being an actress, take a look at your other interests and inspirations and go for the acting, but also build a business around your other skills and desires and inspirations. That's what I'm hearing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it comes down to my grandma always saying, don't ever depend on a man. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, she used to say that to me, my maternal grandmother. And yeah, she, she got a divorce way back when you're not supposed to. Cause, and then she had to raise her daughters all by herself. So and with my grandmother. Yeah, she did. Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's the untold stories sometimes. So I, it took me a while. And that's why I feel so passionate about it because I've been through those very difficult moments. Oh dear. Like, one of the worst things about being an actor in the entertainment world is that you just get a gig coming. Before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. You don't know what gig is coming. So you have to wait. I mean, you don't have to wait. No one's really waiting. You're consciously looking for work. But there's moments that you might be submitting and submitting it for whatever reason. It's like, Hey, are they even booking? I mean, there's a lot of people out there getting booked. There's a lot of work, but there's a lot of people. And uh, sometimes more productions come to New York. Sometimes they're in LA. Things change. But so to wait around for, it's basically like waiting for other people to make decisions so that it can trickle down to you. That whole concept never made sense to me, but I was in the mode of, okay, well, it is how it is. I don't have to accept it as it is. And I'm very happy that I created a business even though it's a lot of work, because it is, the benefits are, you know, better than, than not having done it. Yeah. Right. And one thing just from hearing you speak that I love is that basically you're saying you focus on what you can control is the theme that I'm hearing. Focus on what you can't control. Don't worry about the other things where nowadays, sometimes we let life happen and then we focus on the things we can't control, which doesn't do us any good, right? So that's what I'm hearing Let's from see. you. So an example, okay, if I understand you, I mean, there could be some control. Something I stopped doing is because I was a pre-law student and I majored in politics, in, at least in this college, when you, at the time, I don't know if that has changed, but it's NYU, when you were a pre-law student, that doesn't mean there's a special program. You take the majors you want to take. So I was a Latin American studies major and a political science major. So I had a big interest in politics 
It was fascinating to me, and it still is. What I won't do is turn on TV, get upset at the world and everything that's happening, and get bent out of shape. Because as, first of all, that's not doing anything. If I want to create change, then maybe I can join some kind of uh, play, something. There's so many ways. Or do something about it. If I just look at it and I complain and I get angry and bent out of shape, that's taking away from my energy and from my brain power. And so that's draining. And a lot of reason why people get all stressed out and tired and drained is because they already spent the best part of the day getting worked up. And if they want to test it out, they can start doing so by like turning on the TV set. Well, I don't even have a TV set. Turning it on <laughs> anymore. Turning it on, seeing how they feel. Are they complaining? I'm like, ah, oh, or placing some nice soothing music that they like or just being in silence in the morning and test out the difference. Some of the ladies I've worked with have done it. They're like, oh my God, what was I doing? I'm like, it's okay. You know what? Because maybe we went to an all girl school, her and I. So we're at, we, a little bit of an activist. They taught us how to be outspoken, how to care about issues. And we have to know where we're going to place that if we have things to do in life. If we're retired and well, you know, we're kind of like, don't have much to do now. Maybe. But now when you're a go-getter and you have things to do, that's a couple hours in a week. No. And then they scroll down Facebook and get all bent out of shape and argue. No, I will not be able to control that. So yes, I would focus on what I can control. I can control me <laughs> and my emotions. And maybe I can create change by focusing on those things in a positive way. Right, right. So Another thing that I wanted to ask you is if the person listening right now has an interest in entertainment, the performing arts, acting, but just has been afraid uh, to take the plunge because of that fear of not making money, besides you mentioned creating a business, what would be your best piece of advice for this person listening that has that fear? That's a, it's a good one. And before I created my business, I... I was going to say lucky, but this is luck. I did the work and then I'm lucky to realize that that's, that's available. Do not give yourself an obstacle of what something has to look like. So for example, an actor here, it's told, uh, well, you need a job. Of course, yes, you need to make an income. Don't think that you're just going to, though that could happen, that you're just going to show up to a cast and you're going to get booked and make a million dollars from commercials. That could, but that's too much of a risk. That's like gambling. Are you going to gamble every day of your life? And what are the benefits of that every single day when you can't pay rent? Find a way to get a job that lets you be flexible. We're in the best place in the world right now to do that. So what I did in college is that I went through a list of jobs and oh my God, I was going to say lucky again. I got lucky that I found the job I called. My first job interview got hired and that job actually hired actors, singers, writers, whatever. So when I had a casting to go to, I would just go to the casting. Mm. And they knew that. Actually, it was in that office that someone saw my CD, my boss, and gave it to his music teacher, who gave it to his wife, who, who managed Latino talent. Wow. So place yourself in the positions that, with, I mean, without knowing, I didn't know that was going to happen, but trust your gut and what feels good. I loved that office job. And being able to just go out and go to my castings, of course, we worked it out. It's not like I'm getting paid by doing nothing, but I was there for so many years. I would take off like weeks and if I had some certain gig and they'd love it because that job didn't require someone to be there nine to five or, or that kind of way. There's so many jobs like that now. There are jobs that a lot of people think that it's only bartending or waitressing. I don't like to bartend. I've never done it because it's not good for my voice, I feel. That's just one of the reasons why I, I didn't even consider it. 
just wouldn't be good for my boys. You know, the night, I, I just didn't like it. And I didn't like the waitressing. That's not the only job there. So keep your eyes open for different opportunities when it comes to work. There's so much out there. There's crazy jobs that we've never even heard of. <laughs> right. Like remote jobs. There's so many things. Things have changed in the past, changed. just the past five, 10 years. So definitely. I love that. Now, what would you say in your business, you uh, help women, uh, you do some masterminds, and you have the acting, and you've been able to manage it all and create your version of success? What would you say has been your biggest money lesson? Ooh, okay, my biggest money lesson. To think, and it, this might sound really, really scary, <laughs> to think that it just wasn't coming to me, that it was hard, that money is hard. And I'm like, what is hard? What is hard money? And what's amazing is that as I work in this lifestyle business, I started shifting a lot and also looking in other areas in life that I could be helpful. So for example, I started managing time like a boss. Like I thought time was hard. And when I asked other ladies, they're like, oh, time is hard. How is time hard? Or not hard. I thought I didn't have enough time. That was for me, it was enough time. And that makes sense in, in this world. It's allowed. Society will tell us, yeah, we don't have enough time. How do we not? So is it another day that we need? Because I'm sure we wouldn't have enough time. It's now to me, it's like, how could I even think that way? We just don't have time for every single little thing, but we do have time to do the things that we want to do. And it's reversing and giving attention to that. So when I learned about time, it also helped me learn about money. Though time cannot be counted like this, it can be measured. And I got an hourglass and I placed that hourglass in front of me and I started looking at time pass by so that I could understand the concept of time. I was all over the place with time, all over the place. So I've learned that time and money is actually really, really similar. And that helped me understand things about money. So if I have a bank account where I'm just like, all right, let me just charge this and that a debit or whatever. I wasn't measuring like I started doing with time. I wasn't measuring it. So I'm going to think, yeah, there's never enough. So how much is going to be enough? If I get $100,000 in the bank and then I start doing the same habit of going and then maybe buying, well, maybe now I need a car like this, huh? Because now I have more. It's, I'm not going to have enough again. So yeah, I the biggest lesson is thinking that there was not enough, that something was <laughs> keeping it away from me and then shifting to the mindset. And that's where it can get really tricky. I'm not going to lie. That's going to get, get really tricky because how do you even know what you're thinking when it comes to money? We can say, no, I don't think that way. But deep down, we are thinking a certain way. Or from what we're saying and we're not catching it. The things that we're saying. That we're, we're saying. saying mm -hmm. not catching. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, Words are powerful. That and I thoughts. have the power for it. Yeah. That I have the power to create and say, I am worthy of creating this business and charging. Because there's that thing about the shame of charging. Why are we ashamed to charge for some things? Well, some people say that that's kind of like a lot. How can you charge for that? I'm like, well, people charge for eating out. I mean, a premium crisis. Yep. And that's food. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't you just get food for free so that people can survive? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all perspective. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, this is, we're celebrating Hispanic Heritage Month. So I am curious is there a Latina that has? had a tremendous impact on you. And we want to know who and why. Yes, I'm going to share two of them. So my mother and my aunt from my father's side and my aunt 
from my my paternal aunt, she came here from the Dominican Republic. She opened up a business, Dominican business, and it was very well known. And thinking back, I mean, it was normal to me. My aunt has a business. Now that I have a business, now that I meet a lot of business owners, I think, wow, what kind of things did she go through? What did she experience? How did she do this back then? How? And manage people and work with them and have this big successful business that people talked about and came out in the papers. And I think of my mom as well and see where she came from and just looking at where she set the business up and looking at her age. I mean, she was 35 or 36 when my father passed away. She had already built that with him, but she was really the go-getter. And she always knew she was going to get the money. Actually, <laughs> the business was going to be I don't know. They they didn't have the money for the business at some point because it was rented, I believe, or it's one of those things. And someone else found out about it. She expressed her concern to a who she thought was a friend that would go to the business. She says, I don't have the money for the business and this and that. And he's like, okay. So what he did was that he got money and made an offer <laughs> to to the owner of the lease or whatever it was. And she actually got the money. She made it happen and they kept the business. So, wow, to think, yes, I can, with that amount of money, that probably would have scared me back then to see that I, you know, to maneuver that. And, and she made that happen. So our, I love our Latinos it. make a lot happen, right? Oh, absolutely. And I love hearing this because not only am I seeing and hearing you speak and learning more about who you are and what you're about and what your, you know, your beliefs are. That has transcended definitely from your mom, from your aunt. And I love that. So when I, and I love seeing that because it's so, you know, our, our families and who we surround ourselves with have such a tremendous impact, right? And I love that they have pretty much helped you to ha be abundant, to not give up because there have been themes about this abundance, uh, not giving up, you know, just keep, you you always keep pressing and i love that love that love that Thanks. so let's wrap it up we're gonna have uh well we've had fun already but we're gonna we're it's gonna wrap <laughs> <laughs> and so we're gonna do what i call the cheese mix for us so it's just gossip in a positive way because we call cheesemas and gossip right. it seems like an english scene has such a negative connotation connotation but in spanish uh, you know, when we say chisme, it's just fun, yeah, right? Like, but it's not negative. <laughs> vamos a chismear, no? So we want to learn five random facts about you that you don't know what I'm going to ask, right? I haven't given you these ahead of time. So the first one, so it's just really quick uh, answers. You love music and dance, I know, because I've seen you. <laughs> and y eres dominicana. Sí. So choose one of the two, bachata or salsa? Salsa. Really? <laughs> Wow, yeah. I was thinking you were going to go with bachata. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right, black coffee or lattes? Oof, black. Have it right here, right now. <laughs> no. I don't, wanna, I, don't wanna, I don't even know what a latte is. Don't waste my time. Black really? coffee. Yep. Well, I'm, a, I'm Colombiana and I'm like, no, I've got to have some milk in it. That's oh, how my, you know, I've been drinking coffee, my grandmother, when I was little. And, and I think it's because I was brought up with cafe con leche. And so I've gotten used to that. And I just, I still to this day, can't drink black coffee. Wow. Just can't do it. All right. Name a food that you'd never thought you'd try, but you did. Lasagna. And it's one of my favorite. 
Mm-hmm. You never. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. How about um? Because you're fashionable. So let's say <laughs> let's talk about a favorite fashion trend that you'd wear, no matter if it's out of style. High heels. Okay. Uh, you can't you can't get me out of high heels. I will go to a barbecue with high heels. Oh my goodness! And like, I talk about I could... me. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could do high heels. I'm like always. Oh man, <laughs> stumbling Oof. around. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. Some my feet can't take it. How about your favorite part about being Dominicana? Our laughter, like our our comedic side. Love it. We Love can it. be sad, depressed, talking about it. How horrible, you know, the situation is, and we'll make a joke and start laughing <laughs> and make fun of ourselves. I hear you. Love it. Well, Jocelyn, this has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed talking to you and just getting to know you better. Yay. Thank you so much. You see, who would have thought of it? Money podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was fantastic. So what did you think? Isn't Jocelyn fantastic? I hope that you enjoyed my chat with Jocelyn, as much as I enjoyed getting to know her, you can connect with her over at jocelynemartinez.com or on Instagram. You just search Jocelyn Martinez. I will have those link in today's show notes. And just so you're aware, she's got a fantastic mastermind program and she has one that you can sign up for if you're interested coming up. So just make sure that you connect with her. For this month, as I mentioned last week, we're going to be taking a break for the Reina of the Week, but please don't let that stop you from submitting Reina of the Week over at jenhemphill.com forward slash Reina of the Week. And we're also taking a break from the Pregunta of the Week, but you can still answer the past month's questions as there's three freebies to grab from that go from helping you in your relationship, saving more for travel and being more strategic for frugality. So if you haven't done those yet, go ahead and answer those questions. To answer the questions, you just need a free account in the Her Dinero Matters Hub. If you already have a free account, you just simply can log into it by going to the herdinetomattershub.com. And if you don't have a free account, grab one. It's free. You can just simply go to jenhempill.com forward slash win and sign up from there. Next week on the Herding Man Hour Matters podcast, usually I, I mention you the week prior, what's happening next week, and it's going to be a secret. And the reason being is simply because at the time of recording this, we haven't recorded that episode yet. And since it is a guest, just in case life happens and we have to reschedule, I don't want to announce it. And then you're, you'll be surprised with another episode. So just know it's going to be good. <laughs> I always do my best to make it as good as possible. So that is a wrap for today. I want to thank Jocelyn for joining us, for being so transparent and just being such an overall fantastic person. You can check out more how to connect with her in today's show notes over at jenhemphill.com forward slash 187. Also, don't forget if you love this episode or if you love this podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me if you share it with a friend, family member, coworker, or even a stranger. Nunca se sabe, you never know when someone's in pain in their financial life. And just the sheer sharing of this podcast or this episode may be that push or inspiration they need to move forward. 
Until then, stay consistent with those money actions and habits so you can not only be the reign of your money, but love your dinero more. You've got this. Tú puedes. I'm cheering right behind you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. I'll talk to you next Thursday. Ciao.